0: to remind me of a contrasting bit of Scripture, an opposite, if you will. That God helps those who help themselves. Well, wait a minute. Actually, God helps those who help themselves isn't in Scripture at all. It's not in any of the 66 books of the Bible. And yet, a lot of us believe that it is. We're sure of it. In a recent poll, over half of Americans said that they were sure that God helps those who help themselves comes from the Bible. Over 60% of self-described born-again Christians said the same thing, that God helps those who help themselves is in the Bible. It is not. It is actually a quote that's attributed to Ben Franklin uh, in his Poor Richard's Almanac. So, not Scripture. And in fact, as we read Scripture, it seems over and over again that the message seems to be actually the opposite. Not that God helps those who help themselves, but that God helps those who cannot help themselves. Look at the Beatitudes. I mean, just the idea that Jesus announces God's blessings for God's people... Without condition, without prerequisites, it's just there. It's not God blesses those who bless themselves, it's God blesses. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't say, blessed are the poor in spirit, if they can just pull themselves up by their bootstraps, and then they'll get the kingdom of heaven. Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, for you will be comforted. Not, blessed are you who mourn and figure out a way to comfort yourself, who can remind yourself that God doesn't give us any more than we can handle, which also is not in Scripture. And it's not true. Also that. But we believe it to be true. So many of us believe that belongs in God's word. God helps those who help themselves why is that maybe it's because it sounds pithy and wise like a proverb does and it mentions god so why not but i think it goes a little bit deeper than that i think we want god help those who help themselves to be true because we want it to be true it would make our lives and our world so much simpler and easier if it was true It would make it so that if God helps those who help themselves, then people who need help, like the people Jesus blesses in the Beatitudes, people who are poor in spirit and are mourning and are persecuted and in need, then they deserve what they get under that understanding. Because God helps those who help themselves, and it seems like they haven't helped themselves because God hasn't helped them. And then it's not our problem. It lets us off the hook. It makes it easier for us to be Christians, too. Because God helps those who help themselves, and our primary divine command is to help ourselves. To help others becomes secondary if it comes up at all. But that's not what God wants for us. That phrase isn't anywhere in God's Word. But we want it to be, so often. Often we think this, we make this mistake because we mix up our own desires for ourselves with God's desires for the world. It's idolatry. We've mixed up ourselves with God, and that's who we follow now. The prophet Micah had the same problem. His people were following this idea of God helps those who help themselves, and they were really good at helping themselves. The nation was at a peak of its wealth. Not since the time of Solomon had there been such security and such strength in the nation of Israel. If we were talking about it in today's terms, we would see news headlines about GDP growth and uh, stock markets reaching the highest they've been in decades and unemployment at its lowest it's ever been. But God wasn't impressed by that. That was not God's desire. Because Micah's people, despite all the wealth in their nation, they were still neglecting the poor, the widow, and the orphan. People with power and authority and money were cheating out those who were oppressed and who were vulnerable of their land, of their wages. At the time of Micah, things were going good for the people religiously. The temple was buzzing. People were flocking to the temple, offering sacrifices to God. It seemed like a good, healthy religion. In today's terms, we would talk about Churches that are passing budgets with a surplus higher than they've been in years, and an endowment that has doubled in the last three years. We talk about attendance in church where there's so many people, they don't fit in the pews, and we had to put chairs down the center aisle. But that didn't impress God. Those were not God's desires. Because despite all of their outward uh, appearance of religiosity and devotion to God, they forgot who God was. They weren't caring for each other. They weren't following God's laws. They were following after other idols and themselves. They followed their own desires instead of God's desires. And so Micah, well, God, through Micah, lays out exactly what God does, in fact, desire. Three things. That God's people do justice. That is, to work and fight for the benefit of all of God's people. To go beyond charity and treating the symptoms of poverty and people being denied their dignity as human beings and to treat the causes, no matter who they are, The second thing, to love kindness. That is to lead with not power and dominance and trying to prove that you're right and putting other people down, but lifting up the lowly, showing mercy as you've been shown mercy, being forgiven, showing forgiveness as you have been forgiven. To be gentle and meek, as Jesus says in the Beatitudes. And the third, the most important one, is that we walk humbly with our God. Or walk attentively, I would put it, with our God. Because the problem with Micah's people, and so often the problem with us, is we've forgotten who God is. And God invites us to go on a walk with God. Like two lovers who are going on their first or their second date, who go on that long walk at midnight, chatting away until the sun comes up getting to know one another, each other's passions, each other's desires, each other's talents and personality, what makes them tick, who they are, what they care about. God wants that of us, to go on those long walks with God. And we do that by studying Scripture, by yourself, with a partner, or by going to Bible studies, say on Sunday mornings or Monday nights, James plug, or by going to worship gathering around the sacrament where Jesus comes to meet us and make us one with him and one with each other in his body and his blood and the waters of baptism. We go for these walks and we serve the poor where Jesus himself serves and promises to show up again and again. But sometimes we don't want to go on that walk. Sometimes we'd rather stay put. And God saw that, and that's why God sent Jesus to this world. So that even when we refused to walk with God, that God could dwell among us on earth and walk with us. And Jesus came to show us who God is. God's personality, God's desires, God's wants. What makes God tick? And walking with Jesus, we see that what makes God tick, what God desires, how God walks, is with people who are poor and oppressed, lifting them up, affirming their dignity, welcoming in strangers and outcasts, making people feel at home and making a home. That Jesus goes and offers forgiveness, releasing people from shame and guilt so they might live new lives again. Jesus forgives his friends who betrayed him, And he gives his life for our lives. That is the God that we walk with. And sometimes we forget that. We forget who God is and we replace God's desires with our own. But God has come to be with us, to dwell with us, to walk with us, so that we might know who God is again. So let us walk with God, to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly, attentively with our God, and see where God is leading us next. Amen.